0: Uh, My good friend, I love saying that, uh, Jason Newstater, in fact, I don't even know if I'm saying your last name right, am I? Okay, good. Um, I don't know if you've ever met someone, and when you met them, you feel like you've known them all your life. Did you ever have that happen? And in the kingdom, I feel like that happens more and more. And uh, Jason and I have a mutual friend named Sherry Grubb, and Sherry, last summer, I believe it was, uh, wanted to put us together. And she really felt like we needed to meet. And I didn't feel like we needed to meet. Not that I didn't want to meet someone, but I didn't have that urgency that she had. But she really pressed for uh, a team that he was leading. He was a youth pastor at the time in Missouri and was bringing a team up through here to do some work on a reservation in North Dakota. And uh, long story short, they stayed at our house last year and they we interacted and uh, so many ways that our lives intersected. It's crazy. His wife uh, grew up in State College, Pennsylvania, near where I grew up. He worked for 10 years in New York City, in Brooklyn, New York, with Bill Wilson. If you remember Bill Wilson, Elephants of Relevance, that I preached on just a few weeks ago. Um, he worked for that ministry for 10 years, and I told him I was totally jealous of that. And uh, just story after story resonated in our hearts. And, you know, ever since that time, haven't really thought about Jason You know, I mean, just, we met, it was great, cool to meet him, and uh, our staff was talking about my surgery and time off, and uh, we were looking for someone to fill today's pulpit. And uh, we were thinking local, and all of a sudden, Jason's name popped in my head. So I'm like, well, you know, it doesn't hurt to ask. You know, Missouri's not that far. Well, unfortunately, they moved to Bennington, Oklahoma. Not unfortunately, because it's a good thing, but uh, that's further away. And so he's like, you know, I don't know if I could drive, it's 13 hours, and, but he's like, I could fly, I'm only a couple hours from Dallas, and I'm like, well, there's no way my budget can afford for you to fly, so maybe another time, or we'll work something out. And uh, he messaged back and said, you know, my wife and I feel like this is God, and so we're going to buy it, if you want me to come, we'll buy the ticket, and I'll fly there, if you'll pick me up in Sioux Falls, I'll come and I'll share, and if you'll take me back to the airport, okay. That's great. And so, and I'll tell you, yesterday on the car ride here, I'm like, I told him, I said, do you, if you didn't come here for anyone else, you came for me. And uh, I just love the stuff that God is doing in their lives and the things that he's doing in, in my life and in our church. And they just go together so well. And uh, he's going to share with you today. He asked last night if I needed anything. I said, yeah, bring the kingdom. And so that's what I told him to do. So open up your heart and uh, make him feel welcome as he comes today. Jason, would you come?
1: Um do you think I could move this down here? You think I could do that? Yeah? No, you can't, but I can maybe. Hi. You doing okay? Good. I I'm excited to be here for many reasons. I have nothing else to do. So <laughs> Uh, That's one, we moved to Oklahoma, and I'm waiting on the Lord for what's next in our life. Um, And so, uh, and then two, I'm always excited to be uh, in a place where there is uh, two or more, because the expectation level has just gone up. Um, Because in my Bible, it says where two or more are gathered, he's in the midst of them. And when he shows up, I mean, anything is possible. And so that's good news. And so, uh, and so as long as one more of you is born again in here, then we are in good shape. <clears throat> then we're fine. I think I think we're in good shape. Uh, I think before before I want to share. I just want to make sure that I honor time. And uh, but before I share, I think sometimes it's important to kind of know uh, uh, where I come from. And so that you understand, um, not that that really makes a difference with the lord like the lord can do whatever he wants to you know and he can just do whatever so i really don't need to say anything actually sometimes these things are hard i was i was speaking at a baccalaureate in missouri a few weeks ago and i got up in front of the the seniors i was like actually this is probably a waste of my time and your time that i'm actually here because everything i'm saying right now you're going to forget like you got graduation coming up You'll hear this speech. You've got an award ceremony. do all you know why I'm talking because, like, in a week from now, you won't have a clue what I just said. It's just like, you'll have a clue what the sermon is today. You won't have a clue what it is. You won't remember. Like, at 1 o'clock today after lunch, you'll be like, what did he say? I don't even know. Like, we went to church today. I know that. And it won't, won't even matter. And one thing that, <clears throat> that, I, uh, that I've learned, that some things can be taught, and then other things have to be caught. And my prayer today is whether whether you're taught, I I don't think I'm going to share anything new. Um, I'm that simple. Uh, But my prayer is today that something can be caught in the spiritual and uh, something can be caught in you and that the Holy Spirit, the best communicator in the planet, will be able to communicate and... uh, and if he wants me to put the mic down, I have no problem putting the mic down. Like, I'm not, ashamed of, I'm not ashamed of awkward silences. I'm just not worried about that stuff. Like, And so if the Holy Spirit says, hey, just put the mic down, you're really blowing it. Like, just <laughs> let me do it. I'll take care of the rest. You did fine. Now i got to fix your mess. All right, But <clears throat> I think sometimes it's important to know where I come from so that when I uh, share what I believe the Holy Spirit wants me to share it, I telling Pastor Tom yesterday, I was like, I got so many thoughts um, that are going through my mind of what I think the Holy Spirit wants to communicate, um, but I know he wants to communicate one specific thing, and so I hope I'm obedient to what he wants to communicate. But I grew up in church my whole life. I'm originally from Canada, near Winnipeg, Manitoba, and so, um, and then, uh, you know, God called me to, um, he didn't really call me, I just kind of wanted to go. Actually, I'll just be honest. Like, someone asked if I wanted to go to New York City to, on a missions trip. I said, "Sure, I would love to see New York City. I'm like, and I'll do missions on the side. That would be fine." But then when I got there, my heart broke for the city, and I just stayed for 10 years. And um, and so, but I I grew up in church my whole life, and uh, and uh, I didn't like church honestly. I I actually I just didn't like it. Um, one I. I thought it was boring. I really thought it was boring. Uh, And then two, I went to church. I I grew up, and you have to know this too, uh, I grew up in a Mennonite community. My dad actually is Mennonite. Um, My dad is actually born in Chihuahua, Mexico, on a Mennonite colony down there. And so he's like Mexican-Canadian. I don't know. Like he's just, but... uh, But grew up Mennonite. I didn't really grow up with the customs of it, but I grew up in a Mennonite church setting, and uh, and uh, not that that's bad. There are some really good things about it, uh, but there's a lot of conflicting things about it at the same time. Because growing up church, one, I was bored out of my mind, and two, I had a hunger for the Word of God. As a young as a young boy, I, I just had a hunger for God. I just knew He was like real, like. I would have dreams. I had some crazy stuff happen to me when I was a little kid. I'd have demons show up in my in my bed while I was awake, try to take me out, choke me out. And I didn't know what they were. I was learning. Like, midnight church, they don't teach you this stuff. So I was like, what is this? What are you in my room for? Like, you didn't knock. you like, get out. <laughs> and I learned later, like, that I could use Jesus' name to do some damage. And so... Um, so I had a lot of encounters. I had a lot of encounters with like demons and angels and Jesus, and um, that saved me. Honestly, did it saved my life. Um, I don't usually start off with a joke, should I? No, <clears throat> I usually just jump right into it. I hope you're okay with that, uh, because then we can talk later and I can share jokes. But, um, but it, it saved my life, and the reason it saved my life um, was. Uh, i was I was actually sexually abused by a pastor and an elder, and so after that i had i actually have every reason to hate the church and to hate god 's people. I have every reason to um but because my encounter with him is stronger than what any man can do to me amen and <clears throat> I tell you it is important. to to seek him to seek him and for those of you that need a three point message I'm going to give you a quick and then I'm going to go into the real message okay if you need a three point for taking notes here's notes, This this is what I learned if you want to be successful in pursuing God number one, seek God number two it's almost as important seek God and number three, this is the most important one seek God the Bible says those who diligently seek Him will find him and re- and they will be rewarded. I also realized that i was uh, I seek God for everything that I wanted and uh about a year year ago, I was in prayer and i was I was seeking God, but I was seeking God for a specific direction and something that I needed and um, and he just he just throws out stuff sometimes, and so he says Jason, do you know why I hide myself sometimes? I'm like, no, can you please tell me? And he says, he says this, because I don't want to sell myself cheap to those that don't really want to seek me. He said, because if I, if people, some people that seek me for what they want, once they get it, they won't won't follow me no more. But those that seek me, and I am their reward, I am their portion, then I will reveal myself to them. And I was like, whoa. And it just changed my whole thing. It's like, now I want Jesus, I want to seek you for who you are. If I get what you want to give me, if I get the benefits of the kingdom, like if I receive healing, and if I receive financial blessings, and if I receive anything else, that is a bonus, but I'm going to seek you for who you are. And you are the king. And you are worthy just to be sought because you are the king of kings, the king of glory, and you're sitting on the throne. And that alone is enough for me to, to bow down before the feet of Jesus and seek you. And so, he is our reward. Now, I want to take you on a little bit of a journey here. And uh, it's in it's in Luke, eight, Luke 18 and 19. Luke 18:19, and 19, and, uh, and uh, let's just go through it. Let's just do it. <clears throat> um, I like to talk a little bit more than preach, and so if I just kind of like a living room experience, is that if that's okay? Um, so interaction's okay. Um, I might stop and uh, go to the bathroom. Uh, you know, just wait for me. I'll finish. Um, <clears throat> just be at home. Uh, Pastor Tom said just make yourself at home so it's like okay I'll just do that I'll just like can I go get a coffee real quick I know it's in the middle of the message but I'm really thirsty (laughs) make myself at home I'm going to start here um, uh, I'm going to start in Luke 18 starting at verse 31 and going to take you on a little bit of a journey uh, you guys know these stories, I'm almost almost certain you've heard them, even if you didn't grow up in church your whole life, but this is the story of Zacchaeus and Bartimaeus the blind man, and I'm going to take you through something. Um, and I, I, pray, I pray this today, um, that even though we know these verses, a lot of us, I pray that anything else, that something will be caught, and that there will be a hunger that stirs up inside of each one of us. And if it doesn't stir up inside of you, I pray the Holy, the Holy Spirit just gets me today. Um, and there's uh, more of a hunger just stirs inside of me. So um, if no one else gets anything, I'm just going to receive it. Uh, so, and so 31, and he took the 12 aside. This is Jesus. And he took his 12 disciples aside and said to them, Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem. So where are they going? Jerusalem. Jesus has a destination here. He, is, he has an agenda. His agenda is to go to Jerusalem, and what's going to happen in Jerusalem? He's going, he's going to be the sacrifice. This is what's happening. They're going to arrest him. They're going to beat him. They're going to crucify him. This is, what's, this is on the agenda, as you can see. Am I right? In verse 31, they're going up to Jerusalem. Why? And all things which are written through the prophets about the Son of Man will be accomplished. For he will be delivered to the Gentiles and will be mocked and mistreated and spit upon. And after they have scourged him, they will kill him. And the third day, he'll rise again. He's telling the disciples, this is what's going to happen. We have to go to Jerusalem to accomplish this for what is written. Okay, so something is written. A prophecy is written. We have to get to Jerusalem. It's very important that we get that. We have to get somewhere. We have to get to Jerusalem. Now I want you to check this next, next one, verse 35. And it came about that as he was approaching Jericho, I guess Jericho was in the way. I'm not very like geographic, Bible, I don't know. I'm guessing it's in the way. I'm guessing he's got to go through it. And it came about that as he was approaching Jericho, a certain blind man was sitting by the road begging. Everyone say begging. Very key word right there. Now, hearing, hearing, hearing a multitude going by, he heard something. He began to inquire what this might be. What's going on? Why the big crowd? Why all the ruckus? What's happening? And they told him that Jesus of Nazareth was what? Passing by. Why is he passing by? He ain't stopping at Jericho. There's nothing for him in Jericho. He's not, he doesn't want anything to do with Jericho because he has a destination to get to. And his destination is to really become... And take our sins and the curse on himself on the cross. He's got to get to Jerusalem. So he's not stopping before Jericho. He's actually doing what? He's passing. He's passing by. Very important. And he called out. The blind man called out saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. See, when you hear the good things that God has done and, and, and you are in need, it's like there's no shame in it. It's like, Jesus. Come on. I heard the crowd talk about the miracles that you've done. I heard overhearing the crowd talk about how you can raise the dead and and grow arms out. I heard the crowd talking about this. And so I'm here blind. Let me just give this a shot. So all these things I've heard about you, I want to see if they're actually true. That's how I was in church. Like all these things I hear about you, does this actually work? Because I'm not seeing it in the church. I I haven't seen anyone get healed. I didn't see anything. No one's ever, like, prophesied to me. Like, why is these things happening? The Bible says it. I'm not seeing it. And so Bartimaeus is like, hey, son of David, have mercy on me, too. And, uh, and those who led the way were sternly telling him to be quiet, pretty much like, hey, man, shut up, man. We're traveling with Jesus. This is our homie right here. Like, let's go. Like this, why are you bothering this man? You sit over there. We're passing through. We're going to Jerusalem, man. To, like, to accomplish this thing. And so Bartimaeus, what does he do? I love this. This is so awesome. He kept crying out all the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. Sometimes I wish that the church would just cry out all the more because the world is crying all the more about their demons. Why don't we cry all the more about our king? It's like you can cry, you can cry all the more about abortion this, abortion this. Well, I'm going to tell you, you're going to think, you're going to tell me to shut up about my king. If you can say loud things about your demons, I'm going to say loud things about my king. And my king reigns, and he is life, and he is breath. Shoot, we need the church to just like, don't shut up is what you should do. Don't shut up, just keep yelling. (laughs) All right, son of David have mercy on me. And Jesus did what? He stopped. He stopped. Super important. He's not supposed to be passing by. He's got a mission to accomplish. He's got to die for the whole world. Why should I stop for that one? Oh, come on. Come on. I have to get to Jerusalem because I have to die for all the whole world because I'm the king. I'm the Messiah. This is who I am. i got to get to Jerusalem. But someone had such tenacity and passion and and hunger inside of them to cry out to Jesus even though he was passing by to cause Jesus to stop. That's not on Jesus' agenda. I'm sorry. Shut up, blind man. We have an agenda to do, okay? We have have an agenda to do. We have, like, we got to do, we got church at 10, okay, then I got to go to lunch, and then I got to go, and then, Go to go work, and then I gotta come back to church on Wednesday. And then we got an agenda, Jesus. Like, how can you stop for that person on the street over there who's got no food? How dare you, Jesus? We have an agenda over here. Okay, is we have an agenda? We gotta get to Jerusalem. How dare you stop for some poor beggar on the street? But then I'd be injured and it would work great for me. Jesus stopped and commanded that he be brought to him. And when he had come near, he questioned him, what do you want from me to do for you? And he said, Lord, I want to regain my sight. And Jesus said, all right, receive your sight. And he was healed. One blind man caused Jesus to stop, even though that wasn't his destination. How many times do we meet as the body of Christ and Jesus just passes by? Is there a hunger in here that will cause Jesus to stop? Like, is there a hunger when I'm at home? Is there a hunger that will cause Jesus to stop in my house? There's a, when I was in New York City, I, I did street ministry in Harlem, which, is, which was awesome. <laughs> and uh, we, had, we were doing street ministry, and this, this mom, I already knew her. I had a relationship with her. This mom comes up to me and says, Jason, you got to come help me. Marisol just can't stop, like, crying and asking for you. And, like, she just wants to see you. And, like, can you just get her off my back? And I'm like, okay, let's go check out. And Marisol was in a wheelchair. Marisol was in a wheelchair. She was in a wheelchair. She was 21 at this time. She was in a car accident when she was nine years old. And she was paralyzed from the neck down with some brain damage. So her, her talking was kind of slurred, you know. And so I went over to Marisol. I said, Marisol, what's going on? Like, what's wrong? And she goes, ah, ah, with the slur, I I, I want to walk. And I'm like, oh, man, I was wrecked. I'm like, I just broke down and like compassion filled my heart so strong. I'm like okay. Like I don't know what I'm doing. I'm like okay. Let's do this. And so I would go with an unbuckle Marisol in the wheelchair and uh, and uh, her mom stops me. Puts her hand there and she goes no. It's not time yet. And I pushed her hand away. I was like then when is the time? Like according to my Bible, by his stripes we're healed, and that was 2,000 years ago. We're actually 2,000 years late on this, all right? And so, like, I don't know what time you got, like, but you are way late. And so I said, we're going to do this thing. And so I started unbuckling her again, and the mom goes and stopped stop me again. And she goes, no, Marisol doesn't have enough faith. And I'm like, well, then I'm going to have faith for her. So I said, I have enough faith for her. I didn't know what I was doing, honestly. I just I was so full of compassion and angry all at the same time. I was like, then I'm going to have faith for her. <clears throat> and so then I unbuckled her, and I said, okay, Marisol, I think this is what you say. <laughs> Get up and walk in Jesus' name. And she stood up and walked for the first time in 12 years. It's awesome. But not only that, we had all these... Um, this is when I really got connected with, like, uh, some, of the, um, some of the bloods and stuff in the community. Because we had all these people come once they saw Because she was known in the community. So they see this girl walking now. And so all of a sudden, we get these people and all around. And we preach the kingdom, man. And it's like just hands. Like 100 people just, yeah, I want to give my life to the king. It's awesome. And so, but why? Marisol had enough enough passion and a hunger and she was crying out and someone stopped. We had an agenda to do. I had my team there. We had to preach the message of the day. We had the sermon ready and if someone took us off track, we had the three songs and the sermon prepped and we were ready to go. How dare you call for me to come take you out of the wheelchair? That is just so selfish of you. But we stopped. this one's awesome Luke 19 verse 1
0: <clears throat>
1: I'm going to spend the rest of my time on Zacchaeus and the reason I want to do that is uh, Bartimaeus cried out to God for what he wanted his sight um, Zacchaeus went after Jesus for who he was and I want to show you that uh, watch this this is outside the gates of Jericho now watch what happens in verse 1 of 19 and he, Jesus entered and was what? passing through (laughs) oh thank you so much I forgot my other one up there he was passing through Jericho Jericho wasn't stopping point he's got to get to Jerusalem remember? Passing through, how long is it going to take Jesus to get through Jericho? This is crazy. <clears throat> and behold, there was a man called by the name of Zacchaeus, and he was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. If, just really quickly on Zacchaeus, it wasn't just they weren't the people didn't like Zacchaeus. It wasn't just because he was a tax collector; it was because Zacchaeus was actually one of them, but he was working for the for the Romans, taking their money. So it was like you're one of our you're one of our people, and you're taking money from your own people. For, for other people that are trying to oppress us? Like, you're working for the wrong team, man. So they didn't like Zacchaeus. Watch this, verse 3. And he was trying to see what Jesus could do for him? No. He was trying to see who Jesus was. And he was unable because of the crowd. For he was small in stature. That word stature does mean small, but it also means small in maturity. And how many times do we allow the crowd to determine what we, how we see Jesus? He couldn't see Jesus because he was in the crowd and he was small in stature. A lot of times we join the crowd because of our small of maturity and we just begin to join the crowd and what they're saying. Oh, you're saying yes? Okay, I should just say yes. Oh, you're saying no? Okay, I should just say no then. You're, you're for this, okay, maybe I should just be for this. Because, because I'm, not, I'm, not grounded in, I'm not grounded in Christ, so I might as well just agree with you. So then when I come into this place, oh, okay, I'll just agree with you. And then I come to this place, oh, I'll just agree with you. And pretty soon I'm just in the middle of the crowd, and I want the crowd's approval. And because I want the crowd's approval and want them to accept me for who I am, I can't see Jesus for who he is. And sometimes it's it's okay to be a little bit different than the crowd. It's okay to step out of the crowd and be like, you know what, you can uh, you can do this church thing every Sunday if you want to, but I want a little bit more. Okay, okay, I'm going to do church thing with you because I love the church. I love going to church. I love worship worshiping together with my brothers and sisters. But uh, while you just do that, I'm going to go after more because. Because I've heard about Jesus coming through. I just heard that he healed that blind man outside the gates. And I don't know what this big crowd is around him. But I don't know what he can do for me. Because no one else accepts me. No one else wants me. Everyone else hates me because I work for the wrong team. But maybe if I could just see who he is and what the big deal is for myself. Not what you say he is. Not what the crowd says he is. I want to find out for myself who he is. And so Zacchaeus, he goes and he ran on ahead. And that word run is awesome. In the Greek, it actually means to outrun. So it's like, man, this crowd is getting big. I'm going to run fast. i got to get ahead of this thing. And so he outruns everyone, ran on ahead, and climbed up into a sycamore tree. Can you imagine this rich man? I just have this picture in my head. He's got, like, this nice uh, Gucci suit on. And he's, he, he hears this man coming in. He hears about the miracles that are happening. And have you ever seen, like, a rich man dressed in a nice suit run and climb a tree? I have not. Okay, this is how ridiculous this looks. Like, so this, but this is how, so my question is, what are you willing to do to get a glimpse of the King? What are you willing to do to, to maybe look a little bit ridiculous just so that you can maybe catch his eyes? Because I know if I can catch his eyes, I'm done. I'm changed. And so he runs ahead. He climbs the sycamore tree in order to see him. For who he was about to do what in verse 4? For he was about to pass through that way. I got to do something before he passes through and I don't get another chance again. This is my chance. Like, he's about to pass through. He's about to go to Jerusalem. Zacchaeus may not have known that, but he did know he was passing through. For some reason, he knew. And so he says, I got to get in order to see him, watch this, in verse 4, in order to see him, for he was about to pass through that way. What are we going to do in order to see his glory come on the church and on our lives? And I I do not want Jesus to pass. There is a difference. I know Jesus is present because he's with us. He's with us. But there is a difference with him being with us and then him showing his presence to us, his just manifest presence, him coming down, him doing something. There is, there is a difference. He is with me. I know that. But there is a difference in a setting like this where we are gathered together where I do not want him to pass us by. I do not want to pass this by. I want him, I want to do something that attracts him. I want to have this hunger and this passion to see my king. I want to gaze into his eyes. I want to look at the love of his eyes for me so strong that it causes him to stop. I was like, I was going to go over there, but I got to stop here for a second and show up. I was going to go over there, but something is happening. So there's a hunger that is happening in the Restoration Church that I just have to stop. I have to stop, and I know I have an agenda to do something with that, with, with that group of people on the other side of town, but before I go there, there's a hunger in this place where I have to stop. And watch this. This, is, this, is, this just drives me... Oh, It gets me, I don't even, I can't describe it. Like, it's just so awesome. Look at this. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for today I must stay at your house. Jesus stopped. He was about to pass through, and one man, see, here's the deal. Even with all you here, don't need all you hear. Because according to this, it only, he, Jesus had a crowd around him. The crowd was actually telling people to shut up, don't come close to him. Jesus had a crowd, but according to what I see here, it only took one man to cause him to stop. So really, I only, we, I only need one. He only needs one. The question is, who's that one in here who, who's going to cause Jesus to stop? And if that one can cause Jesus to stop and bring revival to this land, come on, Jesus. I want to be that one. I want a hunger that burns so strong in me that it's just, I just want to seek the king. Come on. I think we can do this, folks. For today, I must stop. I looked up that word must because <clears throat> I don't even know why I did that. But in the Greek, it's actually the word die. It's not die, like die. That's actually the Greek word, die. What it actually means is this. Necessary to knit, to tie, actually means to beg. Have you ever caused Jesus to beg? Pardon <sighs> me. Bartimae- oh, man, this is so strong on me Bartimaeus the blind man called out to Jesus for what he wanted what did it say Bartimaeus did he was a beggar what did he do he begged he begged Jesus for what he wanted Zacchaeus wanted to see who he was and it caused Jesus to beg to be with him Jesus, I need healing in my life right now. Jesus will stop. i like, okay. I heard it. You begged. You're persistent. Here you go. But there's something different when I just want to see who he is. And when I'm so passionate, and I'll do everything I can even to climb up into a tree, and just to get a glimpse of his eyes, I don't even know if he's going to stop. I don't even know if he likes me. No one else does. Like... I don't even know if this is all I would do is I just want to get one capture of his eyes. One did the begging, one caused Jesus to beg. Jesus, oh man, Zacchaeus' hunger and his passion just to see who God, who Jesus was, caused Jesus to come before Zacchaeus and say, Zacchaeus, come down quick. I have Please, please, it's necessary that you and me are tied together. It's necessary that you come down and that I come to your house. Please, Zacchaeus, come quickly. that That doesn't register in our minds on Jesus. Jesus is supposed to be like this. Jesus is supposed to be like that, not like this. Please. Have you ever had Jesus so, oh, man. Where Jesus is so passionately in love with you. He so loves you. He is so jealous for you. He so wants to be with you. And, and he, he even gets to the point, Jesus himself, that he gets on his knees to beg to spend time with you. Not just time with you, but to come into your house. To be intimate with you. Jesus is begging. That does not sound like a king to me. But that's our king. Whew. Man. And Zacchaeus hurried, this is verse 6, and came down and received him gladly. Well, yeah, I would too. And when they saw it, they all began to grumble. All the other people, of course, those religious... I'll refrain from saying the last word I was going to use. Saying, he, was, he has gone to be with the guest of a man who is a sinner. Yeah, those religious people, man. I. <clears throat> Those are probably the same people that told Bartimaeus to shut up. I I, I guarantee it. Those are the same dudes that said, you know, they're just, they're those people. And Zacchaeus stopped and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my possessions I'll give to the poor. Jesus didn't tell him to do that. So I I wonder if you have to say a prayer to be born again. Or I wonder if you just have to encounter Jesus and then everything changes. Born again, you're not the same. You're a new creation. Jesus didn't even lead him into a prayer. And he is already a new creation. Doing the opposite of what he was doing before. Instead of taking, giving. And watch this. Almost done, I want to pray with you. <clears throat> is this Okay. Okay. Because I really like it here. And I <laughs> give half of my possessions, I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I'll give back four times as much. And Jesus said to him today, said to him, Today, salvation has come to this house. Because he too is the son of Abraham. I love that word salvation too because it really means completely saved, completely healed, completely delivered. The whole household. Because, because one man decided to look like a fool. Didn't care what anyone else thought. He, I, I can just imagine, I've been in the crowd for so long, I'm tired of this. And just to look ridiculous. And so with the things that happened, you know in my life with, with the church and having encounters, and stuff. and as a youth pastor, a teenager would be like, "Oh, I want to I wanna find God." I' say, "You do." You do." This one atheist, I was talking to an atheist one time and he said, oh, I tried, I tried, nothing happened. I said, like, how long you tried? 30 seconds? Like when you, when you lose your keys to everything, what do you do? You flip the house upside down. Like you pull cushions off the couch. You flip tables over. Like you empty your entire purse. You like, like take seats out of the vehicle. Like where's my keys? You do everything you can to find the keys. And then so don't tell me you sought God. Like, no, you wanted an escape route is what you wanted. Zacchaeus just went, and I told, uh, just tell the teenagers. I said, um, you really want him? Like, you really, really want him? Because this is kind of what I did. when going through all that stuff that happened in the church. and I said, then do this. Lock yourself in a closet and don't come out until you see God. But, but I got to eat. You do. Which one do you want more? But I, I have to hang out with my friends. Oh, you, go ahead. You can do whatever you want. It don't matter to me. I mean, what you do it doesn't matter to me. Like, I'm going to do me, you do you. I said, but if you really do want to find God, like if you really do, if you really want to find out what the Bible says, those who seek him will find him if they search for him with all their heart. Those who diligently seek him, he is a rewarder. See, those are the, those are the parts that. He is a rewarder for those that seek him for 30 seconds because they want something and they want him to get them out of something. Then, no, he's a rewarder to those who diligently seek him. That's what it is. And Zacchaeus, he had no, I mean, no shame. I can just imagine this guy. Taking off his tie, pulling off his jacket. I'm climbing the sycamore tree. I don't even care. I'm sick of everything else. This sycamore tree is going to be my, my new place. I'm going to see Jesus. It's the last thing I do. My reputation's already like, I don't know if you're allowed to say this, but like screwed. Like, my reputation's already screwed. So, like, what does this hurt? I'm going to just climb a sycamore tree. I'm going to look like an idiot. But if it's true what I am hearing, I want to know if it's true for me. I don't even know how to end this. I don't. I don't know how to end it. But I do... I do want that hunger. I do want it. I want it to burn inside of me so strong that regardless of what the world says, I'm just going to climb a tree. I'm just going to... Yeah, I, doesn't matter. Like, just, just let me see him. Because I guarantee you, you just get a glimpse of those eyes of fire. Everything's changed. Why don't we try this? Let's bow our heads and <clears throat> let's see if this works. do have a few minutes like I said it's probably nothing new that you've heard I just I really pray that someone in here caught something and if not it's okay you know why it's okay because I love talking about my king And so, even if no one gets anything in here, I've just enjoyed bragging about my king. Don't need anybody. You know what, Pastor Tom and Chris, do you need? One person. Just one. One person. Who has a hunger and a desire to be devoted to the King of Kings? Because you know what happens if if Pastor Tom and Christie just have one? You know what happens? The whole place gets healed, delivered, and saved. The whole place, the whole household. Jesus, let me be that one. Jesus, let me be that one. I love your signs and wonders. I love seeing people healed. I love the dead raised and casting out demons. But there is nothing in comparison gazing into your eyes just need one just need one that's it we've got about five minutes or so I'm gonna if this is okay Pastor Tom I'm gonna be up here at the altar because I wanna be that one You want to join me? You can. You don't have to. But who's going to be that one? Is there one in here? Is it? I think there is. I just don't want to just do Christianity anymore. The question isn't, does The question isn't, does Jesus love you? The question is, do you love him? The question isn't, is he going to give his life up for you? He's already done that. The question is, are you going to give your life up for him? I'm going to lay the mic down near Pastor Tom, and he can end it however he likes. And I'm just going to sit at the altar and I'm just going to start staring into the eyes of my king. I hope that's okay.
0: We won't have a formal dismissal. If you need to be dismissed, you can feel free to do it. Uh, If you want to stay and seek the Lord, you can feel free to do that too. God bless you.